Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Good Morning Amigo. Oh, this went, I don't know if I could say it went south or it went west real fast. We were doing so well, and now, now there's a schism. Our next guest does a show, in fact, comes on right now after mine. Catch out on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton. He joins us here on Good Morning Amigo. The reason he joins us is because uh, he's on the West Coast. Uh, I don't know if he's a Laker fan, but he's, well, I guess he's representing the West Coast in what is now an NBA final. We, here on Good Morning Amigo, definitely represent the Miami Heat and are very, very happy and very proud of the Miami Heat. Uh, and in, in, in such fashion, just so you understand how proud we are of them, Nick Hamilton, uh, we give you a grand entry like we do to all. This one's for you, Nick Hamilton. So we greet you with pots and pans on this festive Tuesday morning. Good morning, Nick Hamilton. How are you? Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. I have a feeling that might have woke you up. We're like really awake. He's not that awake. <laughs> We're really awake. Hey man, yeah. we stay awake around here. So, so I, I gotta tell you, I'm sure you guys are over there very happy. The Lakers once again making the finals. As we are here with the Heat, although not the same history pass in a finals, but it is the Heat's sixth finals in their franchise history. Uh, your thoughts on this improbable final? Uh, and the job done by, well, yes, the Miami Heat. I, I, I find this to be one of the NBA's biggest Cinderella stories of all time. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, I won't say it's the biggest, but I think it's definitely a Cinderella story. I think, you know, being inside the bubble, um, it's a definitely a unique situation. We haven't had an NBA Finals where guys were almost in an AAU type of tournament uh, to be playing in such an important championship type of game. So I think for both teams, whether you look at the Lakers, whether you look at the uh, Miami Heat, I think it's, it's it's significant for both teams. I mean, this was a, a Lakers team that, you know, voted one of the two teams that voted to walk away during the whole uh, protest situation. Um, you know, they were, were players that decided if they were going to stay or going to go. So this is symbolic not only just for the, the Miami Heat, but it's also symbolic for the Lakers. Um, as it pertains to you know them continuing on to play and playing at a high level, and you got to got to give a lot of credit to the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, uh, the front office. Uh, when you look at who's on the floor beyond beyond uh, you know Jimmy Butler, Ben Adebayo, uh, you know Dragic, uh, you know those guys uh, definitely played hard. They played well. I mean, they beat the Bucks, they beat the the, the, the Celtics, um, took care of business on, on the floor. So they were rewarded, and this is where we are now. So I think it's going to be a very good NBA Finals. I think it's a lot of storylines between LeBron against his former Miami Heat team. We all know how the relationship between LeBron and Pat Riley fared out at the end. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of talk about that. Obviously, Pat Riley coaching the Lakers back in the Showtime era and the great job that he did back then. And then, obviously, he's doing a great job as an executive. So, I mean, there's a lot of different storylines. You know, Anthony Davis gets it to his first NBA Finals. Um, Dwight Howard gets, you know, gets to the NBA Finals once again, uh, you know, for the second time in his career. So it's a lot of different storylines. So it should really be a good, enjoyable NBA Finals, despite them being in the bubble. And I think this championship is going to mean a little bit more because it took it was a, it was a hard grind just to get through the games that they had to play through 
to get to this point. Nick, the other thing I kept crossing my mind, and people say this sometimes, they don't realize that it's kind of not true, but the mindset does live in many sports fans, that the NBA would favor one matchup more than the other. But you, you couldn't help but wonder if the NBA was sitting back in the office somewhere going, Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Celtics. Um, at what point did you realize that it was going to be such a special series? All along, this Heat fan would t- would have told you that the Celtics were going to win that series. I never thought the Heat would win that series. So many of us here in Miami are in total amazement. At what point did you realize that the Miami Heat would be the Eastern Conference force to be reckoned with? I think once we saw them go through the gauntlet, like once you saw them go through the Bucks, once you saw them go through, you know, other teams and how they were playing and how they were winning. I mean, they had just a scrappy attitude. And you saw the leadership finally sink in from Jimmy Butler. This was a perfect team for Jimmy Butler to have his type of leadership. Um, we saw how it didn't work in Philly. It didn't work in Chicago. But for this particular team, it actually worked, and, and guys were buying into it. Guys like, you know, Ben Adebato, guys like Dragic, you know, other guys on the squad were buying into it, and I thought it fit well. I've always said that the Miami Heat were just one player away from winning a championship. Um, not so much that they couldn't get there, but could they win it all? Um, you know, so it's just it's, it's amazing to see. I mean, I, I love the, 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 the series um, against the Celtics. I thought I put a lot of – I thought Jimmy Butler stepped up big. Um, everybody was criticizing him and saying, hey, man, you only had one game. How do you let the Celtics back in this game, you know, back in this series? And, you know, Jimmy Butler stepped up. He answered all the questions on with his play. And now, we're, now you know, he's four wins away possibly for winning a chip uh, for the Miami Heat. So, you know, you got to give a lot of credit and a lot of props to Jimmy Butler and uh, the way he, he didn't allow the Celtics to truly get back in this series, unlike – what the Clippers did against the Denver Nuggets. Wow, which is going to take me to my next point. Joining us here on Good Morning Amigo, Nick Hamilton. Nick Hamilton uh, can be heard here on Slam Radio Tuesdays. In fact, right after us, you can hear him TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton from 11 to 12 here on Tuesdays on Slam Radio. Uh, we got the news yesterday. Doc Rivers uh, and the Clippers have parted ways. Your thoughts on that move and the direction of the Clippers, which just a year ago, I mean, Bomber was going crazy on a stage. Today, uh, they're looking for a new coach. That's why we're here today. <laughs> well, you know, it was kind of it was kind of surprising at the timing of it all, um, because at one point we we had thought that okay, they're going to give Doc another year um, because of what happened. I mean, think about it; they they were playing, and after the All Star break, the team was starting to gel. And then March 11th hit. Obviously, that's when COVID really took over, and they had to suspend the season for a while and then move everything down to Orlando in a bubble. Um, so that took place. And then you had guys that were missing. You had Montrez Harrell, who lost his grandmother. He was gone for a significant amount of time. You had Lou Williams, who was gone for a significant amount of time. You had Patrick Beverly, who was gone due to injury for a significant part of time. So you really didn't have guys – come in and really gel and really be on the same page because it was there were a lot of absences going on. So I think uh, it's a combination between that and then they didn't win the one game that they need to win to get to the Western Conference Finals, something that that, that that organization has never done in their history. And so when you when you blow a 3-1 lead, not once but twice with two different Clipper teams, 
um, you know, that resonates with, with upper management. And, I'm, and you know, there, I don't know, maybe, maybe upper management saw that it needed to be some change. Um, you know, Doc is a great guy. Doc has always been uh, very vocal about what he feels, especially during this time of, of social injustice and the unrest that we're, we're all experiencing in this country and um, some issues that we all uh, have been talking about and dealing with just as, as people of color and black folks especially. So, um, you know, I think Doc is a great guy. I think he's a good coach. Um, and I'm sure he's going to be he's going to be signed by some other team um, very soon. I don't expect Doc to be in a, in a TV studio or play on the golf course too much longer. I no. think Doc is going to have a have a job at some point. Uh, yeah, I think he'll get employed pretty quickly. I think it's a little unfair to let him go. <clears throat> you mentioned Harold. I think he was out for 30 plus games. Uh, you have Patrick Beverly out nearly 20 games this season. He had some things that went on. Plus. I, I, if you're gonna buy into a process, I don't, I don't know that that's the move you make to sell me on your process, and uh, I think, I think the Clippers were not justified in letting him go despite the three-one blown leads. Uh, that comes down to sometimes the players at the end of the day, and you try to make some adjustments. Do you put him on a short leash? Maybe. Like, do you watch over it? Do you, you let him know, okay, things got to get better, or else maybe. But I don't think I would have let him go. That, that's just a personal opinion, and maybe it's because I like Doc Rivers, but. Uh, I thought that was unjustified. I thought I thought they pulled the trigger too soon, and then now they're running around looking for someone who I can guarantee you is probably not going to be as good as Doc Rivers. Well, you got to look at it this way too. I think, you know, if Doc did come back, he he was only going to have a year, and they had to win it all. Like they had to win the NBA chip next year, and if they didn't win the NBA chip next year, it was a failed season because they had too much talent on paper. But they also too. The Clippers need to have a vocal leader. They have no really no vocal leader in that locker room. You don't have the vocal leader like you have on the Lakers when you have a LeBron or you have a, a AD type of situation. Even on the on the Miami Heat where you have a Jimmy Butler who who galvanizes players. You don't have a team. You don't have a vocal leader on that in that locker room. The Kawhi leads with his his play, but you need somebody who's going to speak volumes on on top of not on having a good coach like a Doc Rivers. So the only way I can see the, the, the Clippers uh, getting someone in there that is that is vocal and is as good as Doc Rivers and can be as stern and knows the game of basketball is Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is the only dude to me that really fits that, that, that criteria that the Clippers really need and are looking for. Something happened with the NBA and Mark Jackson, man. He does, his name never comes up in these in these job searches. For crying out loud, they got Jeff Van Gundy's name coming up. Jeff Van Gundy hasn't coached in a minute, man. Actually, like an hour he hasn't coached in. I don't know why his name keeps coming up in this stuff. And certainly, how is it that Mark Jackson, who coached the Warriors team that was on the cusp of becoming great, how is it that all of a sudden he's out there? I know he was a vocal guy. Some said he was hard to work with, but he's a talented coach. I don't get why he hasn't had an opportunity. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I mean, a lot of players have a lot of respect for Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson still knows the game. He's still obviously, you know, he's calling games. You know, every 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 day almost it seems uh, with him and Jeff Van Gundy and, and Mike Breen, uh, man knows the game has a, a very strong connection with the game. Uh, he'd be to me, he'd be an ideal fit uh, for the Clippers. I think they need another voice in there. And I've said this too before. I said I always thought the Clippers. It's time for the Clippers to get a new voice because sometimes you know players could not be paying attention as strongly as when 
the coach first got there. I mean, Doc has been there seven seasons, um, you know, and he has yet to get to that, that next level. And so when you hire a coach of Doc's status and you don't get to that next level, it's going to open up the door for many questions and not enough answers. Before I let you go, two things. First of all, your Los Angeles Dodgers get started this week in the best of three series. They are the best team in baseball, but now it comes down to having to win two out of three games. How do you like their chances? Obviously, I think uh, the first round may not really be a problem, but how do you feel about your Dodgers this year, and will they finally get over the hump and win that World Series? Well, I think number one was health. I think obviously we had to go, we all had to deal with COVID-19 and wondering how COVID was going to shape up this baseball season. We saw uh, how it was starting off with the Miami Marlins, and then you had other teams that were dealing with COVID. So we weren't even sure we wouldn't even have a baseball season or even finish it out for that matter. So the fact that they got through that is remarkable. Um, on the health side, um, you know, the Dodgers had to battle some health issues. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw missed his first nine games of the season before he made his debut. Uh, so now that he's in he's in working order, you know, I like the Dodgers' chances. I think this is the, probably the most complete team under the Andrew Freeman administration uh, since he's come on board. And I think when you add in Mookie Betts, uh, who is in, in the contention for MVP, uh, you know, he's been playing extremely well. And I think it's been a trickle-down effect between Cody Bellinger. You know, you've had Will Smith. You've had Jack Peterson. Um, you know, the pitching has, done, has been pretty well. I mean, the, road, the bullpen has done pretty well. Um I think this is the most complete team we've seen out of the Dodgers in a long time. So I think if they continue to stay healthy and they continue to, to, to play uh, their type of baseball, I think the Dodgers can go all the way. I think they finally can get over the hump. And maybe this 60-game season has been a blessing in disguise for them. Uh, I know they a lot of players, including them, have, talked, have mentioned about this season, how it's been a grind uh, for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how far they get. But I do believe they can make the World Series. I do believe they can win the World Series. As it pertains to the, the three-game series against the Milwaukee Bucks, I think they take. I think they sweep. I think they take this two straight. I mean, you got great guys on the mound. You have Walker Bueller. You have Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you got some incredible hitting. So again, I think I think it's up to the Dodgers of how far they want to go. But I think they they can win the chip this year, and uh, Mookie Betts can be a huge part of that chip, or reason rather. All right, NBA Finals prediction. Let's get it. Lakers in six. Oh wow! You hear this, Frank? Our show, our show prediction. All three of us. Our, our young Yendi's not here. She usually leaves right before you come on. Um, gets off at ten. Um, the three of us collectively have picked Heat and six. So we have a little, we have a little show <laughs> schism going on here. And I just want you to be aware of it. So be ready as we call on your prowess throughout the finals to get a West Coast perspective on these games. So I may I may hound you Thursday morning for a call like this, and uh, and we'll have some fun at each other's expense because this should be a fun series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Final question. Will you be watching all of this? And if there's any sort of, I guess, how do I put this? Because we have, I, I, I have some things that crash against each other. There's so much sports going on that there's crashing going on. If you had to decide between watching the Lakers and the Dodgers at the same time, which one would you watch? I'm going to watch them both because I'm going to have my TV on the Lakers and my computer on the Dodgers. Told you. All right. So I, I, 
<laughs> I was wondering what the answer would be. We Sometimes I ambush you, but these are things that went on during the show earlier before you jumped on. So, yes, good answer. That's the right answer, by the way. Uh, I'll concentrate on the presidential debate somehow while watching the Yankees oh, yeah. spank on the Indians. So that's that's what I'll try to do yeah. somehow. Uh, and hopefully yeah, the Marlins don't happen. interfere. The inter Marlins play at 2 o'clock. Hopefully they don't go extra innings or anything like that. Got to be a lot of extra innings, bro. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on with us, man. I appreciate it, Nick. You can hear Nick 11 o'clock today right here on Slam Radio. It's TMA Extra Dose with Nick one and only Nick Hamilton. Take care, Nick. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Come back from break on the other side. Are we going to have the boys from Front Page? We are. I think Rutner's going to come on as well. I we'll send him a text about. also. I got the boys about to call in, so we can go to All right, break. go to quick break. Come back on the other side. You're listening to Good Morning Amigos, Sirius XM, 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM, 145 Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on Good Morning Amigo are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.